traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Steve Forbes has been so um, so insightful on so many issues that I'm just uh, delighted to have him join us. And I want him to talk about two issues today, his new book, Inflation. And then I also want to talk a little bit about his idea about whether this is the right time for the flat tax. So, Steve Forbes, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to be with you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. So I want to cover both of these topics because I get so many calls every week on uh, on inflation and also on uh, how do we fix the tax system. Let's start with the first topic, the topic of the day, the week, the year, which is inflation. And uh, I was quite disturbed by Biden's speech this week when he said that the solution to the inflation problem is, you know, more hundreds of billions of dollars of government spending and a big tax increase on the rich. Uh, is that going to work? Uh, no. Uh, I like to point out it's like uh, what medicine uh, doctors used to do centuries ago. When a patient got sick, they bled the patient. They literally would bleed the <laughs> right. patient. And then uh, that, of course, right. got rid of the pain and suffering because it got rid of the patient. So uh, they want to bleed <laughs> patient economics, uh, right. put on more taxes, make the economy less efficient, print more money and uh, they somehow think uh, that's the cure no it'll wreck the economy uh, they so in, in one sense the republicans are doing the white house and the nation a huge favor by keeping these people from following uh, their own worst instincts right right so i want to uh, want to remind people that steve forbes new book is called inflation um steve i just finished re- reading it last week it's a great read by the way um i read it in about three nights so it's just it's great because it's short, but it's concise. I, I'm kind of an expert on financial issues, and I learned a lot from it, and I'm sure you will too. And one of the things I found really um, so interesting about the book, Steve, was you talk about the whole history of inflation, really going back to you know the, the practically the you know time of the Roman Empire. And I, one of the themes I came away from is that so many great empires throughout civilization have been ruined by. Uh, a bad monetary policy. Well, that's right. Uh, and uh, we talk about starting with Emperor Nero in the Roman Empire, who uh, did his version of inflation. He took a perfectly good uh, currency, the denarius, and uh, mm-hmm. took out silver and put in uh, copper, uh, thereby debasing it. And in those days, uh, they didn't blame oil corporations; they blamed Christians for inflation. <laughs> then in medieval, right. then and then in medieval, and, and they inflated the Roman Empire. The, and it wasn't so much the invasion of the barbarians; it was Rome uh, overtaxing and uh, trashing their own currency that right. undermined the empire. And then in medieval times, they blamed witches, including Henry VIII, uh, for, for for their problems. Uh, right. Unfortunately, in the twenties, the Germans uh, blamed uh, Jewish merchants bankers for their hyperinflation. Nixon blamed Arabs for the inflation of the 70s. And here we have uh, Joe Biden today blaming uh, oil producers, meat processors, Putin, drug companies, railroads, uh, whoever else comes comes in their sights. And they don't realize it comes with inflation. That kind of monetary inflation comes when you reduce the value of your currency. 
And uh, when you do that, prices, it's like introducing a virus into a computer. Uh, prices yeah, become good. unreliable. Instead of telling you what's good and what's uh, dear and what isn't dear, uh, you know, commodity prices may go up. That's not because commodities are suddenly more valuable. It's the dollar is weaker and it distorts everything. So you've always said that, uh, you know, what you want out of your monetary policy is a stable currency. I think the way you put it in the book is that, you know, a foot is 12 inches. It's not 11 inches. It's not 13 inches. It doesn't fluctuate to 15 and 9 inches. It stays at 12 inches. And I, I love that kind of metaphor because I think that's exactly what you're talking about with a currency. You want it to be, you want a dollar to be worth tomorrow what it was worth today and a year from now worth what it's worth today. And when you have an eroding currency, the whole system goes haywire. And it goes haywire because uh, for a variety, a couple of basic reasons. One is you can't make long-term investments because you don't know what you're right. going to get paid right. back in. Right. And uh, that slows the economy. We point out that uh, after World War II, we had the Bretton Woods Gold Standard. And from the 40s, uh, late 40s to uh, the early 70s, the economy grew at over 4% a year on average. Since then, wow. with the unstable dollar, it's gone down to 2.7. This is pre-COVID, so you can't uh, say, oh, that's a distortion. And uh, that, that doesn't, may not sound like much uh, to people, but over 50 years, what the, the compounding effect is devastating. As you know, today, median household incomes are about $67,000. If we'd maintain mm -hmm. our historic growth rates, not just after World War II, but the previous 180 years, uh, that that number today would have been a hundred to hundred and ten thousand. Now, wouldn't people be much happier with thirty, forty thousand dollars more of income uh, today? That's the price long term when you undermine a currency, and also undermines what we call social trust. You know, a good currency means you can trust people, you can do deals with people. When you have unstable mm -hmm. money, people don't understand why their grocery bill is going up. Uh, politicians like Biden uh, point uh, fingers, so you get a poisonous atmosphere. They scapegoat. And uh, so you know, countries that undermine their money continuously have more violence and, uh, than countries now, that have yeah. stable currencies. They're all tied um, together. Now, what are the, the people who disagree with you, Steve Forbes, are the people who are the um, advocates of something called modern monetary theory. And for those who have never, by the way, I'm, I'm uh, speaking to uh, the great economist and uh, former presidential candidate, Steve Forbes. Uh, and uh, the modern monetary theorists, if I understand it correctly, say, well, we're the world reserve currency and these foreigners are willing to lend us money at low interest rates. So we can keep spending and spending and borrowing and borrowing. And really, it doesn't cost America anything. Uh, what's wrong with that thinking? Well, you can uh, spend and borrow until you can't. Uh, when people lose right. trust. Now, the dollar right. and the dollar looks strong today because other currencies are weak. The Jap and this could be a, one of those swans out there. The Japanese yen is now uh, very, very weak. The euro is weak. The British pound mm -hmm. is on its way to its lowest level since the 1980s. Who knows what may blow up out there? But uh, uh, the, they, they, uh, the, the modern monetary theory uh, is simply a modern verbiage for uh, the old-time uh, Emperor Nero of uh, debasing your currency. And uh, right. the, the Federal Reserve got away with printing a lot of money after the crisis of 2008 because banks had to replenish their balance sheets, and the Federal Reserve started to pay interest on reserves, and the bank regulators told banks, don't lend so much. Now, today, mm -hmm. banks are brimming with reserves, 
they're loaded up with capital. And so uh, you're going to start to see this. Uh, it's now almost $2 trillion. The Fed has created money last year and then borrowed it back overnight. Uh, that money's going to start to seep into the economy like a leaky dam. And uh, we could have a full-blown monetary inflation. In addition to the non-monetary inflation, you know, we got that from the lockdowns. And uh, now the Biden administration's artificially raising, as you pointed out, the cost of energy. Uh, they're making infrastructure projects more expensive. I mean, these people are doing everything possible to undermine the economy. And then they blame everyone but themselves. Now, uh, you you talk a lot about in the book about the inflation of the 70s, and I lived through that. Um as I think a lot of our uh, listeners did, anybody who was born uh, after or before 1964 certainly remembers the big inflation of the 70s. And I've got a question for you, Steve Forbes. Do you think that uh, uh, Nixon made a mistake in taking America? Will you explain what he did when he sort of, quote, took America off the gold standard? Uh, absolutely. We'd been on a gold standard since, uh, for most of the time except for wars, uh, from uh, the 1790s to the 1970s. Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, our first Treasury Secretary, Mm -hmm. and George Washington, our first president, put us on this standard. And it's a critical reason why we had then, uh, for that 180 years, despite world wars, civil war, depressions, and all sorts of things, the highest growth in uh, in, in the world history, highest average growth in world history. And for Uh bogus economic reasons, the Nixon, and for political reasons, Nixon took us off the gold standard. They thought it was going to be temporary. Uh, here we are 50 years later, well, still on, temporary. Steve, Steve, let me just make – Steve, hold on just one second. I want to make sure people understand what that term means, the gold standard. So that – correct me if I'm wrong. So that meant you could take your greenback, your dollar. You know, if you had $100, you could trade it. What, you effectively, yeah, it was what, worth what, a certain what, amount what, of gold. What it simply right. meant was – the yeah. people don't understand the gold standard, and that's why in this yeah. book we, we, we made it reader-friendly, right. so it right. strip away the jargon. All it means is gold is like a yardstick, uh, a right. ruler. It just, for a variety of reasons, it keeps its value better than anything else. Not perfect, but better than anything else. So when you tie your uh-huh. currency to gold, it means your currency stays stable in value, period. Oh, that's all it does, okay. properly done. So back then... It sounds quaint today, but the dollar was $35 an ounce. And all right. it meant was if the gold price started to go above 35 it meant you're printing too much money. If it went below 35 it meant you're printing too little money. Very, very basic. But they thought if they devalued the dollar, they could get a temporary boost to the economy that would pull them out of a mild recession. This is the Nixon poll, and win a big reelection. So he, took a, he severed the link to gold and uh, put in price controls, and he won the election, but uh, lost the economy, ultimately, to a wild inflation in the 70s. And uh, that's why oil went from $3 a barrel to $40 a barrel almost. Uh-huh. And then yeah. Reagan finally and Volcker finally killed that inflation. But we, right. one of Reagan's biggest regrets was he couldn't get back on the gold standard because most economists said you didn't need it. And uh, we, we do. I think. Now, a lot of people who are opposed to the gold standard um, say that, um, you know, if we stayed on the gold standard, you know, we wouldn't even have any money left in uh, Fort Knox. All the gold would have just been, you know, people would have traded in all their dollars for gold and um, that, that, that sort of Nixon had no other choice. What do, what do you say to that? Uh, the only reason people turn dollars gold remember gold uh, does not have cash flow it doesn't pay interest right, the right, only reason you right. do it is the only reason 
you do it is because you don't trust the dollar. And right. uh, take the Swiss franc. Uh, we point out the Swiss have tried to keep their franc stable vis-a-vis gold, uh, not perfectly in this world, but it's such a small country. But they've managed their currency better than any other currency in the world in the last hundred years. So even though Switzerland is a small economy, its currency is one of the most popular in the world. If you look at its money supply, they go, oh, man, they must have a hyperinflation. No, people want the Swiss franc because they trust it. That'll maintain its value right. better <clears throat> better than the other currencies. So uh, Nixon did not – they did not know how to run a gold standard. And uh, you don't even need gold to do a gold standard. All you do is look at the gold price <laughs> for right, a week right. at a time. If it starts to move up, you know you do something. If it starts to move down, you know you got to do something. Very simple. But it's so simple, thousands of economists at the Fed would lose their jobs. Wouldn't need them anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's there's hundreds of, of uh, economists over there, you know, spewing out numbers and 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 what you're saying is simple. Now, uh, last question on this subject because I do want to get your thoughts about the flat tax. Um, so you're saying we go back to the gold standard and we have a stable dollar that basically is is pegged to the price of gold, and if we're yep. able to do that, then we're going to avoid the inflation, right? And we're because uh, by definition, we'll have stable prices. How much good would that do for the economy? It would boom. You do that plus doing what Reagan did, and that is lower tax rates, and uh, right. the economy roars. One of our co-authors, Nathan Lewis, a book out a few years ago called The Magic Formula, and points out over hundreds of years of history, nations and states that have low tax rates and stable money do well. Those that don't, don't do well. Very simple. It's raw experience. So we're not talking, we're talking reality. So it's the exact opposite of what Biden and the Fed are doing. So yeah, right, stable exactly. currency, easy to do, uh, do what Reagan did uh, or Coolidge or anybody else in terms of lowering tax rates. John Kennedy, Democrat, hello, lower tax rates. And by golly, the American people will put this economy back on track. It's trusting people, not a handful yep. of people at the Federal Reserve. Okay, so let's shift to uh, speaking to the great Steve Forbes, who's the author of a great new book, co-author of a great new book called Inflation. And by the way, when you go to Amazon and get Steve Forbes' book, Inflation, then also get my book uh, called Govzilla about runaway government, because these are these two books kind of go hand in hand in terms of all the craziness that's going on in Washington right now. But one of the things that, uh, you know, you've been really the the uh, the Pied Piper for the flat tax for 30 years now. And I've always loved that idea. I love the simplicity. I love the fact that it would just take away so much power from the IRS. You wouldn't need all these massive audits. Uh, you wouldn't need to, for 80,000 new IRS agents, it would be simple. People could understand it. Uh, why is there so much resistance to this idea that you've been talking about for 30 years? Uh, because it takes power away. Complicity yeah, means exactly. power. And right. uh, hardly a day goes by without some politician saying, we're going to have a tax credit for this. We're going to have a tax credit yeah, right. for uh, lawnmowers. Right. Uh, spring is sure. coming. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, so the, it strips away power. And I remember when I ran on the flat tax for president in 96 in right. the New Hampshire primary, uh, H&R Block sent a mailing <laughs> to the voters in New Hampshire warning of the impending doom of civilization if this tax simplification <laughs> well, it would It would be the end of the world for them, right? <laughs> yes. We would need to. Yes. Now, so uh, explain your proposal. What, 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 yeah. what, what is uh, discouraging 
is why don't more politicians make this their key issue? The American people, right. I don't care what your sex is, what your preference is, what your politics right. is. Everyone right. would love the idea of simplicity. And just one yeah. thing in this, just, just at home, it's a moral issue. You know, the IRS tells, tells us we spend six billion hours a year filling out tax forms. Experts tell us we spend two to hundred billion a year complying with this monster code that nobody understands. Go back 20 right. years. Take that uh, hundred billion hours, trillions of dollars, and imagine if we right. use that for more services, more products, more uh, cures for diseases, more new medical devices. How much better off we'd be? All that immense brain power going for the stupid code, going for product, productive activities. Huge costs that we pay for this. So, what, code. so it's not what, just economics. What, yeah. It's the whole well-being of the society. Uh, what uh, what would the um, tax rate be under your flat tax? And kind of uh, what deductions would still be? Because you, you basically have a essentially like a postcard tax return, right? That's right. You could literally do it a few keystrokes on your uh, PC. And uh, uh-huh. the rate that I had, and some others have very variations of it, would be 17%. You would only have generous exemptions for adults and for kids. So a family of four, for example, mm-hmm. your first $52,000, first $52,800 of salary would be free of federal income tax. tax and then rate. above wow. 52000 would only be 17%. And no tax on savings. Uh, and no tax, uh, uh, no no death taxes. I've always said you should be allowed to leave the world unmolested by the IRS. And, uh, <laughs> right. and, and 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 you do that, you get a booming economy. You have a, a you have a much better atmosphere. The code, current code, brings out the worst in all of us: the uh, political corruption. Sure. Us, you're scrounging for deductions for this. Even if you don't pay income tax, you still have to file a return. And uh, so it's just convoluted. Make, make it simple. And some countries you know, have done it. 30 countries have done it. I love it. that. It works. I love that idea. You know, and I, and I, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was uh, nominated to be on the Federal Reserve Board, one of the things that uh, was came out was that I had a, a tax lien, and the, and the IRS said I, we owed $30,000 to the IRS. And my wife and I ran the numbers. We thought they owed us $30,000. Anyway, we went back and forth, back and forth. And uh, and after I withdrew from the nomination, uh, sure enough, uh, Steve, I get this letter three weeks later saying, oh, whoops, we made a mistake. You're right. You overpaid your taxes. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, and, and, and it's so, so, so outrageous. Let me just close on that with one quick story. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Back in the 20s, yeah. there was a guy named uh, James Cousins, who used to be a partner of Henry Ford to Ford Force Domestic. Anyway, Cousins became a senator and went after uh, the IRS, and they call it the Internal Revenue Bureau instead of uh, IRS. But anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, the head of the IRS goes to a Senate committee hearing and gives us ostentatiously a subpoena to Cousins saying with the sale of Dr. Ford, he owed the IRS Mm -hmm. $10 million in unpaid taxes. And uh, uh, Cousins resisted it, uh, fought, and finally, remember, keep that $10 million in mind. When they finally settled the case, the IRS owed Cousins one million. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's outrageous. I mean the 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 <laughs> that happened in the IRS. So okay, Steve, I'm going to ask you the toughest question of all. Are you ready? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what your critics say, and I want you know we got about three minutes left. So, but this is really important. Steve Forbes wants to cut taxes. Rich, his 
tax plan is going to give a big tax giveaway to the rich people like the uh, Warren Buffetts and the Bill Gates and the, you know, Rubensteins and all those people. And they're going to get away with murder under the uh, under the Steve Forbes plan. Uh, Well, I've designed it in a way that everyone gets a tax cut just so we'd avoid that kind of argument. And uh, when you uh, get to keep more of what you earn, your salary is coming up, you're able to buy things at a fairer price. I think uh, Mm -hmm. people are not going to worry about me. And I said when I ran for president, if you're so worried about me, have an amendment that says I have to stay with the old code. I cannot have the flat. (laughs) I like that. They're so upset about it. uh, I like that. And by the way, and by the way, that's not a bad idea. Since people get hung up, I'm going to lose this deduction or that deduction. Give them a choice. Hong Kong used to do yeah. a variation of it before trying to crush them. I like that. And idea. Uh, you, 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 you. So say, say, don't trust me. Look at your own situation. Flat tax or the old way, and 99% of people are going to go. Hey, the new way is better. So trust the people. Give them a choice. <laughs> so some of these, uh, you know, I, I, I always laugh when um, Joe Biden says, "Well, all these millionaires and billionaires, they're, they're getting away with paying nothing." And 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 you know what? Uh, I, I think when he says that, well, gee, Joe Biden, who wrote the tax code? Who who created all these carve outs for these millionaires and billionaires? And under your plan, you know, everybody really would pay their, quote, fair share, right? Absolutely. And uh, the way to collect money from the so-called rich is you make the code simple so they focus on commerce. And you know from the Reagan tax cuts, uh, when the rates were cut, the top 1% of income earners, their share of the income tax payments went up. Uh, don't hold me to the exact numbers. I think from about eighteen yeah. percent to thirty-five percent. So, yeah. so uh, you you want to collect more, make it easy for people to do productive things, and uh, that way uh, we we come ahead. And uh, people don't care about Bill Gates. They want to know are my prospects improving in life? Am I having a chance to move ahead? And that's what we want. people looking to the future and realizing they can improve their lives. And there's there's no just to be clear on this there's no death tax and is there a capital gains tax? Uh, no, uh, and uh, some say we should have it in there. Uh, I think uh, it's double taxation uh, because right. you get you you collect the tax at the corporate level, so you want to collect it once as close to the source as possible. But if they want to uh, cut the rate, which is now three point eight percent federal down to fifteen or seventeen. I'll take it, but uh, it should be zero. Right. But anyway, it goes wow. down. Everyone gets it. a break. We all come out ahead. All right. <laughs> See, that's Steve Forbes, folks. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.